Hello, 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 and welcome to Background Noise. This is the show about the people behind the podcasts. Some you know, maybe some you don't. And uh, and the story of how they get made. And all of the good stuff that goes along with that. The things the, the hosts have learned that they would like to share with all of you. So uh, hope you enjoy this and hope you learn a thing or two that helps make your podcast a little bit better. Or maybe inspires you to start one. Uh, anyway, my name is Michael Magnano, and I am the co-founder and CEO of a company called Anchor, and we actually make it really easy to make podcasts. So yeah, a lot of common common themes between the podcast and the host. Anyway, enough about me, enough about the show. Let's talk about my guest. Um, a few weeks ago, I was fortunate enough to have an incredible conversation with uh, basically an icon, a legend, uh, one of the greats in the world of streetwear, Jeff Staple. Uh, he sat down with me to talk about his podcast, Business of Hype, which is on Hype Beast Radio. And we also talked a, a lot about his career um, as a designer, uh, his career in building his agency and his retail store. Um, it was a fascinating conversation. I learned a ton and I'm excited for you to hear it now. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jeff Staple. All right, everyone, I am here with Jeff Staple. Jeff, what's up? What's up? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. I am um, very excited to have this conversation with you. This is kind of weird because like, <laughs> I've been in this chair so much in the past week. I don't know if I should mention that I'm no, recording fine. Yeah. my podcast now out of the studio. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it's here for. <laughs> we want people to come use it. Um, how many episodes have you recorded here? We've already done four. So I've recorded more episodes in your office than you've done of your own show. That's crazy. This is a new <laughs> podcast. All right? I'm more Just give me some time all in right? this chair than you are probably. <laughs> It's funny. So we did a 24-hour podcast marathon. Um, Rembert Brown, wow. journalist, did a he podcasted for 24 hours from this space, what? and um, and about two or three hours in, he's like, "Dude, you guys need some new chairs, man. Like, I can't sit in this chair for 24. <laughs> well, it's not hours. meant for 24-hour yeah, podcasting." Um, all right. Well, anyway, I, I'm super excited to be to be speaking with you. For those of you listening, Jeff Staple, you probably know him. That's probably why you chose to listen to this episode. But if not, he is a New York City streetwear legend icon uh, from Staple Design to his agency to his retail store, Reed Space, uh, Staple Pigeon. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's your clothing line, yep, right? That's right. Um, and you're the host of a podcast now, which we will get to. Mm -hmm. But um before we get into that, like, I would love to just hear in your own words a bit about your history and um, and your career. It's so impressive. Um, it's, I mean, it's actually quite the honor to speak with you. Just, oh, come on. Yeah, no, I'm serious. Like, you're you're a legend, right? I no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I think I work hard, and uh, a lot of it is fortuitous and luck. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been working since '97, uh, so that goes back. What was that 21 years now 21 years yeah. wow um i started a, a t-shirt brand out of parsons school of design um and the, the story goes i i had to break into parsons silkscreen lab in order to create this t-shirt line because the teacher wouldn't let me print on t-shirts they only let me print on paper so i just said f it can i curse on this yeah go okay for it. i just said you know like fuck it like i'm breaking <laughs> in i left the window unlocked in the silkscreen lab every night after midnight, I'd throw a pillowcase full of teas into the window. I'd climb in, and all night long, I would just run T-shirts. That's crazy. Yeah, and it was just for me and my friends. Um, that ended up inadvertently becoming a business when a store in Soho wanted to buy the shirt off my back. It was a 12-shirt order. Uh, the 12 shirts sold out, became 24, became 
48 and it just kept snowballing from there. Uh, but I was studying graphic design at the time. So uh, while the t-shirt line was taking off, I was also doing a lot of design client stuff like different companies, bands, you know, wanting me to do their club flyer and CD covers and stuff like that. And uh, I think two really important clients that I had, uh, one was the Fader magazine, which uh, they had done one test issue and they hated it. So they said, hey, Jeff, can you come in and design our second issue? And I was like, sure. Ended up designing issue two through like 25. And oh, I was wow. like the art director for all of that. And the Fader, as you guys might know, was like, you know, back then it was revolutionary what they were doing, mixing all this content into one magazine. Um, and then the other client that I had that I think was really important to my career was Raucous Records, which was the home of Most Def, Talib Kweli, Common, Company Flow, like the most legendary conscious MCs and like sort of the new golden era of hip hop. Um, and just, yeah, helping them with album covers and collaterals. And of course, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Now I look back and I'm like, yes, Fader Magazine, Rock is like, <laughs> but when you're in there, you're like, am I going to get paid from these guys ever? <laughs> you know, but it's just that, tr that trust that like, these guys are doing amazing things and I want to be part of it, whether I get paid or not. Right. Know? Yeah. And you were, I, I read, I read something somewhere that you were able to turn, you, it, it, it seems like to me you were really good at taking these opportunities and sort of parlaying them into some of your other ventures. Like when you're at Raucous, I believe like most F ended up being like the first person you ever styled or something, yep. right? He was the first person in a, in a campaign for lack of a better word, but campaign means I had like six t-shirts and a windbreaker and I needed a model. And I asked most in the elevator going down from, <laughs> from rock is, Hey, would you be in my lookbook? He's like, yeah, sure. And then we just shot it. You know, we ended he was up like shooting now, it. right? He yeah. Was like no, right we ended now. up shooting it in the elevator, that same elevator, like those photos. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, it's a double-edged sword, I think, because on the one hand, I like taking passions and just doing them to the fullest. On the other hand, they do oftentimes by habit eventually turn into ways of monetization and like making money from them, which then becomes not fun anymore. And I have right. to find the new fun thing that's <laughs> happened over and over again. Yeah. So you have a podcast. It's happening with podcasts. Yeah. What, <laughs> I, I have to ask, it seems like that could be the new fun thing that maybe becomes not fun or, or are you still having fun with it? It's, I'm still, it's pretty new. You've been doing it for what, a year or so? Yeah. I mean, I only okay. have as of right now, 20 episodes out. Okay. I've recorded like 30. Um, and yeah, it's still, it's still a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. So I guess before we 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 get into the nitty gritty of the podcast, um, let's take a step back. How did this how did this come together, right? How did the business of hype come together? <laughs> but tell us all about Hype Beast Radio. Okay. Hype Beast Radio is a bunch of different podcasts all rolled into one sort of. And also, how did you get involved? Um, I'd love to just hear the story of Hype Beast okay. Radio and how you and how you sort of did, ended up doing business with Hype. I'll very briefly talk about what Hype Beast is, in okay. case your listeners don't know that. Okay. Hype yeah, Beast yeah, is call. like the Condé Nast vogue of street culture, street art, and sneaker culture. If you're into any of those things, Hype Beast is your Anna Wintour. You know, like it's your, it's the barometer. So um, it's funny. Hype Beast started, I think, in 2005, and I started in 1997. So I my streetwear brand predates the official streetwear mm. blog by like a good half century, right? <laughs> so the founder of, of Hypebeast and I, Kevin Ma, you know, we've always been close since the beginning because, you know, they've been reporting on Staple from the beginning. Um, and Hypebeast is extremely successful now. It's gone on to big successes and, and amazing projects. And one of the things is Hypebeast Radio, which they launched about a year and a half ago. 
And Hypebeast Radio was one show. It was called the Hypebeast Radio Show. And so Kevin and I was ha were having dinner one night downtown, and he said, hey, if you would like to have a show too, you know, think of something, right? And by this time, I had sort of positioned myself, or I, would, I should say the culture had positioned me as kind of like the cultural ambassador of street culture to people who are not familiar with street culture, right? So like talks, conferences, universities, symposiums, I'm sort of the guy that you call to explain street culture in case you guys don't know, right? And, and you had a YouTube channel, right? One-to-one? Uh, -one? Yeah, a, a show, it's Vimeo, sorry. Got it. <laughs> it was a Vimeo sorry, show, yeah. Sorry, Vimeo. Yeah, uh, it was called One-to-One uh, -one with Jeff Stable. On I think somebody may have put them on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, someone put them on YouTube. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was my video interview show. Got it. Of just me interviewing creatives. Um, and it was dope. It, it got a lot of good you know, response. And um, like amazing guests. Yeah. Like Mike Tyson, 13th Witness, <laughs> yes. like crazy next level guests. Yeah, and I think the, the great thing about that show was that... Um, it's not a journalist interviewing someone. It's like a fellow creator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm able to pull out tidbits of information that a journalist wouldn't get because there's this guarded thing, you know, when you get interviewed by a journalist. Um, so there was that um, and the talks and everything. So uh, I also do a lot of mentorship and like, you know, I'm part of a program called Skillshare, which is an amazing um, startup. Yeah. I yeah, talk at great. universities and everything. So um, I've been wanting to hear a show that was something between like Forbes, Wall Street Journal, Inside the Actor's Studio, and Hypebeast, like <laughs> somehow all yeah. together, you know? And I think street culture is that it's, it's still in its infancy in terms of like sort of subcultural things. Like if you compare it to skateboarding or hip hop or rock, you know, it's like streetwear is very young, you know? And so people who are into it, there's not that many success stories. And the few that there are, the, the stories that come out of them are still quite like, <clears throat> raw and young meaning like when you interview them they're like yeah follow your dreams and just go out there and do that thing and people are like yes and they're still so enamored by that like jump out story but then there isn't the story of like how do you get a loan for a streetwear mm. brand like what's the upstart investment what's the roi you know like how many employees do you need stuff like that right, right. and i felt like it was high time for that and hence the idea was the business of hype, which I pitched back to Kevin. I was like, I want to do this business show about hype called the business of hype. Uh, he loved it. And he was like, yeah, let's, let's figure out how to do it. And so, um, you know, we talked about a little bit about finance and money and I was like, no, I'm just going to do it. Like, I don't want it to be about money for now. Um, mainly because I wanted, I didn't, Hey, I've never done a podcast. I was a fan of podcasts, but I've never done one. So I didn't know if I'd be good at it. I didn't know if I'd have fun doing it. So I didn't want, like, after three episodes, if I was, like, sort of held to a contract, I just wanted to be like, yeah. hey, Kevin, this sucks. I don't want to yeah, do it, you yeah. know, just stop after three. Um, but we did, you know, like, 10, and it was amazing. The response was amazing. You know, we started off with Hiroshi Fujiwara, Fragment, Sarah, the founder of Colette, Aaron Levant, um, the founder of Agenda and ComplexCon, uh, Upscale Vandal, Mike Sherman of Chinatown uh, Market, I'm going to start botching the rest of them now because uh, Yoon from Ambush, James Jean, the amazing painter, um, I think Levi Maestro, the Sioux surgeon, and Melanie Asadi. Yeah. That was all the first season. Yeah, that was the first season. Nice. So again, like access to people that yeah, like, awesome people. it's really amazing to get. You know? And you've and the second season, you've had amazing guests. Yeah. Shinoda, yep. guys from the hundreds. <laughs> yeah. Started off with Mike Shinoda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like r really, really cool people. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, and so... Is, oh, sorry, go ahead. So after... 
I think after like five episodes, Hypebeast was like, okay, we need to formalize this because if you <laughs> stop now, like, it, like we need to get, keep this going. You yeah. know? And actually they said, we actually want you to help us with the whole platform. Hmm. So would you, interest, would you be interested in becoming the executive producer for all of Hypebeast Radio? Uh, so the other shows that I, that I have heard on Hypebeast Radio, they're... That's all from, I just assumed you were just, you were no. just business of hype. Yes. You're running the whole thing. Yeah. So oh, wow. we rebranded Hypebeast Radio to the HBR show. Okay. We added the music show, Soundcheck. Soundtrack, right? Yep, yep. Soundcheck. Oh, Soundcheck. Uh, so now it's three shows. We currently have a couple more shows in the works. Wasn't there another one? Um, starts with a B, maybe. What am I thinking of? What's the one that um, Jen Rubio was on? Oh, that's Blamo. No, Blamo. that was a that was a shared episode. Got it. Yeah, got it. Shout okay. out to Blamo. Got it's it. a different podcast. We we traded episodes. I see. Yep. I see. Um, so yeah, so it's three episodes now, and now it's like a network. Yeah, you know. So um, the the goal is to add more content and more stories. Uh, I'm sort of in charge of it in terms of like balancing everything else that I have to do, but I have like a small dope team at Hypebeast that helps me with this that dedicates to radio. Um, and yeah, that's where we're at right now. Amazing. What what's it like? Now, I mean, now it's work again. The, what's really cool about this conversation is, you know, I tried to do my research and like I knew about Business of Hype and I listened to Business of Hype, but I actually had no idea that you were involved with the other yeah. shows on Hype Beast Radio. Um, talk it's to me about deliberate. that. That's like, a deliberate what, decision. Really? Mm -hmm. What? Uh, talk to me about that. You're like you. You basically have like a little mini media company now underneath you. Yeah. I mean, it's not mine, right? right? I'm, I'm birthing it, but it's not mine. I, and I try to, I try to stay away from taking the forefront on it because yeah. I feel like my name is positive and negative. Like it carries baggage, both good and bad. Right. And I feel like if it's known that Jeff Staple is starting to be EP of Hypebeast Radio and all these shows are going to come out, like there's a prejudgment that happens yeah. like oh, good or bad yeah oh it's gonna be a sneaker show or like you know like stuff like that but yep. like i want the shows to come out to be like people are so impressed by it just on the weight of the show itself don't prejudge it positively or negatively because of my involvement right just is it a good show or not right if it's a good show sure i took credit <laughs> if it's a bad show it wasn't me <laughs> i had nothing to I do not, with it. i am not a partner <laughs> so how much are you involved creatively with concepting these shows you know getting the talent together getting the guests together the schedule or or are you just you know basically making sure that this team is in place and sort of letting them go do their thing um in formations of new shows i'm very hands-on um and i try to find a driver for each show um so that you know, once I find the trustworthy driver, so with HBR, you know, it's uh, Rob Marshall, um, and with Manny uh, running Soundcheck, those are two people that I really trust with the show. So after that, when it comes to guests on a daily basis, um, I look, there's a production checklist that I, that I keep an eye on, but I'm not vetting each one specifically because it's not, you know, like my taste in music shouldn't be reflective on what Soundcheck does. Yep. You know? Yeah. So like I let that go. I'm do So I'm, I'm right now working on three new shows with three new show managers or show drivers oh, if wow. you will. Yeah. But after I, you know, I my job is to vet the manager. After that, I can't sit there and vet every single minute that comes out of that podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like that side of the process or do you much more enjoy being on the mic, hosting your own show? Um, um I love the man managerial side yeah. of it. Yeah. I mean, you're it, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. It's fun, you know. And and to be honest, I love I love empowering people that like, you know, 
they feel proud that they own something. I yep. don't like micromanaging. I don't think that's successful for neither the manager nor the managee, people, you know, the person being managed. So, you know, my my only fault if the show ends up failing, it's like I put in the wrong person. That's mm. my bad, you know. And then I'll I'll try to fix that. Hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about the business of hype. Okay. Um, so you guys decide you're going to do this. Mm -hmm. You had never done a podcast before, right? What do you What do you do? Like, how, like, what's your first move? Um, like, literally, what do you do? I call Hiroshi. <laughs> <laughs> Hiroshi Fujiwara is the godfather architect of of all of street culture and sneaker culture. Right? He's Japanese, uh, based in Tokyo. Um, he is really the the seed the atom of this whole thing and so i just felt the need to like you have to start there if you're going to lay this foundation you yeah. know what i mean um so yeah so i went to him did the first interview and um i think the the thing that really sets the show apart is my monologue interludes that happen so it's like a lot of podcasts are just running you know recordings what i do is about four or five times throughout each episode i sort of just note either what I'm feeling or what I want the viewer to be emphasized on and like, make sure you didn't miss this portion, you know? And then right. I, I come in almost like, um, like, you know, remember Wayne's world where it's like, doo -doo 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 -doo. like I kind of go into like dream mode, you know, and then you go into my head uh, and people seem to love those. And I think that I love your intro. Like I love the setup, the context. <laughs> I mean, for my, for my podcast, I, I do like a 20 second setup uh -huh. you kind of give like some real meaty context to yeah. your shows, which i think is really valuable yeah and it's a lot of work is it yeah <laughs> it is a lot of work um all those interludes are a lot of work you really? know you just record and, and post like it's pretty simple but like you know there's the there's the editorial journalistic side of writing the interludes and then there's the actual sit in a studio and take the hour or two to record them all yeah and get them right and then and then there's the mixer who has to make it blend nice shout out to daniel nevetta of byt who does that um, and then there's the approval of that process, you know, so it definitely adds like a good five to 10 hours of right. work every week. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You're like, so I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working up to it. <laughs> um, all right. So, so you record the first interview. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you know you wanted to do the interlude thing from the beginning or like what, how has your process, I guess, evolved since then? It's, it's been what, 20 episodes, right? Yeah, so, yeah. um, I think it was probably Dan, the the director of it, like, and who helps me with the engineering. He mm -hmm. was probably like the guy that was like, "Yo, since you know Hiroshi, you should like add a little tidbit right here, you know." <laughs> and then we found like the background music and like the fade in, fade out, you know, get really nitty gritty yeah. with it, right? Um, and yeah, and then it it struck. I didn't know if people would have liked it or not, but you know, people seem to be commenting on it. And the great thing about Hypebeast is, of course, we're a startup podcast, but we have the you know. You've got hype, eyeballs, hype based. Yeah, yeah, pushing it, right? <laughs> yeah. So like we immediately got traction on it. And that's awesome. Also, it's a great calling card between myself and Hypebeast that like, hey, you know, we could pretty much almost get in touch with anybody right? Um, to be able to be on the show. Where did you record that first interview? In Dubai. How baller is that? Whoa. Were you, had <laughs> was, you planned to go there? No, I was in Dubai and Hiroshi was in Dubai. So wow. we just, just coincidentally? Uh, for like a conference. Oh my God. So we just nailed it out there and... Actually, out of the 20, 30 episodes I've recorded, less than five were done in New York. No way. So it's a global sh like show, you know, like Paris, Japan, LA, yeah, everywhere. That 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 kind of makes me wonder what, like, what's your setup for <laughs> these 
interviews, I, you know, I talk to many people, obviously with anchor, I always try to encourage people to either do it on the phone or on their iPad or whatever. But I talk to many established podcasters that need to be in a space like this one. They need to be in a quiet studio. How do you capture these amazing interviews with these incredible guests when you're traveling all over the world? Uh, first of all, the audio quality of my podcast, I hate, I can't stand <laughs> it. it. It it drives me crazy, but someone told me that like, after you listen to anything for five seconds, your ears adjust no matter how bad it is. So I've, I've told myself that and made myself feel better, but it still, it bothers me when I like, I so rarely listen to the podcast after because mm. once I hear my voice, not my voice, I, once I hear the quality, I'm like, oh, it's so bad. <laughs> like I listen to podcasts and they're all yeah. so good, you know? Um, so I use a Zoom microphone, stand up. I put a little um, mushroom like head. Filter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mushroom head, I call it. <laughs> and then I just put it in between us. Yeah. And so like if they bang on the table, the thing falls down and then like, you know, it's pretty ghetto. Um, and yeah, I, I feel bad for, for Dan at BYT for having to try to figure out how to make that sound good. You know, I, I would believe what you said about the your ears adjusting thing. Um, I've actually talked about this with other guests that I've interviewed. I think the general consensus is people believe that the audio quality makes a big difference. But at the end of the day, I think people just want to hear good content and good conversations. I think you know, if, yeah. if you sort of get past, yes. oh, this is shitty audio quality, yeah. you're fine. I mean, I've heard good podcasts over the phone, like where oh, the totally. guy's calling in totally. an ideal because it's yeah. like intriguing, you know? Have you done any of those or have no, they all I been in person? I, they've all been in person. I That's haven't awesome. done a phone one yet. And, and I, I'm trying to figure out how to do um, like a translated one because I have a lot of friends that like English is really bad. Like I mm. wanted to do Takashi Murakami, famous artist mm. in Japan. He's down to do it, but he's like, oh, my English is so bad. And I'm like, oh man, I got to figure out a way to get like a third person in there. And Interesting. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure that part out. But um, thanks to you guys and John, shout out to John here. Dr. Podcast, at, <laughs> that's what I call him. Okay, Dr. Podcast at, at Anchor. He recommended to me a nice mobile rig that like two microphones, mm -hmm. you know, like plug right into my Zoom. Yep. Uh, headphones are key too. I think headphones are key because when I do this, like, oh, now I know I don't sound yeah. good anymore. Oh, okay, cool. I feel like it also <laughs> makes you more confident too. The headphones? So I I, th I find that. I feel like when they're off, I'm like, oh, I don't like the way I sound. And I'm, I'm, I feel oh, yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And then I put them on. I'm like, oh, I sound great. Right. I'm yeah, going to keep yeah. talking. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So now I, I hope uh, season three will sound a lot better. <laughs> Well, I think it sounds pretty good. Um, 20 episodes is a pretty aggressive content schedule. Oh, right? Totally regretted weekly. It's, I totally regret weekly. It's a commitment. Yeah, it is. How do you get through it? Um, I'm very overachieving, like typical Asian, where like I try to have an entire season in the hopper. Mm -hmm. So like I have 10 to 14 episodes banked. Oh, wow. Yeah. For season three. And four. Like, um, so that's what you've been doing here. You've been banking yeah, episodes. Yeah, I've been banking episodes. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't even know how it would feel like if I was down to like two or three and the next, they come out on Sundays. You know, I would hate it if like a Sunday was coming up and I had no one to do, you know, interview. Yeah. I'd scare the shit out of me. So like, I'm very uh, proactive about having banked episodes. So I have like 10 or 15 banked and I go through and we do, um, we do 10 episode seasons, 10 weeks of, you know, new episodes. So 10 Sundays in a yep. row, there's a new episode. And then we go on a four to six uh, week break. Well, we might do a replay. We might do like an AMA. I've done an AMA as yeah, well. Yeah, I've heard one of those. Yeah. We might trade an episode with another podcast, like with the Blamo, and then we come back. And so in that four to six weeks, I'm out there like recording. Wow. Yeah. 
Did, and you did that for seasons one and two as well? Yeah. So you had those in the can before? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I should probably do something like that. I'm just, I'm putting that pressure on myself where I'm coming out with, the, I I only have one episode in between the one I just put out and the one that well, you, do you and have I are doing right now. scheduled cadence ready in your head? Um, I'm doing weekly. So I'm okay. just kind of putting the pressure on myself to get it. I figured I had to do it like that to force myself to actually do it. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's what I felt That's too. my process. That's what least. I felt too. But um, now I'm advising people on the EP level when I right. talk to new people, um, either go monthly or bi-weekly, or maybe let's just start with like Netflix style, mm. like six episodes, just drop out. it. Yep. And then see have if you guys you done come that? Back. No, not yet. Okay. We're going to, we're working on it right I'd now. I'd be though. really interesting to see how that, I haven't seen any podcasts do that really. Um, I think it, it's probably a really good experiment. Yeah. Well, the famous ones that have done it is well, S town and serial did well, that. Well, no, they, they were weekly. I think I think um, Serial was weekly, but S Town. Oh, S Town was all drunks. Yeah, oh, I, I thought I just discovered it after it went live. Oh, okay, no, it With, came out like that. I mean, did you listen to Serial when it was like coming out? No, I listened to it after. Oh I, my god, it was like the newest like, shit. Right? Yeah, it was like watching Sopranos or something, yeah. where you're like, I can't wait for next Sunday. You yeah. know, you just couldn't wait for the next week. I know. Um, There's, I mean, and they're just on another level of what totally. they do. Yeah. Have you listened to the new season of of uh, Serial? Just dropped last week. What? Season three. No, I had no idea. It's out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So you're working on season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I want to mention one more thing. Okay. There was a decision early on about whether, because it is hype based and it's so sort of visual based, yeah. like whether we should videotape all of the interview videotape uh-huh. i'm so fucking old like you know like <laughs> we should laser disc them all um no like you know like feet you know have a video visual of it as well um and i really took the stand there and i was like no i don't want it like there's something about podcasting that when you um have those headphones on and you're listening to voices in your head and you're not seeing it at the same time i firmly believe i'm not a neuroscience you know scientist but I think it triggers different things in your brain. Totally agree. Right? Like yes. totally different things are firing, you know, in your in your head that when you watch somehow like you're you're dulled. Like you're just like I can just absorb this. You're not actually you're not creating paying your attention own as thoughts. much. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe that's what it is. I think it, I think it might be that actually and I'm just sort of coming to this realization. Now, when you're watching a video of someone talking, there are other cues you can get from the video to yeah. help inform you about what's going on, whether it's literally just like reading someone's lips or like seeing what's around them. But when you're just listening to someone, the only information that you have to go off of is what you're hearing. So you have to focus. Yeah. You have to pay attention. Right. And I love like um, taking the subway and I know when someone is listening to a podcast because yeah. of their face. Like I can tell that they're not listening to music. Like, you know, like you see yeah. them and they're just, they just make this smirk. Or they like they make this face of bewilderment, right. you know, and you're just like, I want to know what podcast they're listening to, you know, <laughs> and I love that. Yeah, you could just send them uh, like a note via air, via airdrop. Super creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so you, I mean, you've interviewed incredible people, um, both on the podcast and when you were doing the videos. Mm-hmm. Who's like the ultimate get? Like, who would you love to have on the podcast, or in, do you not even in the future? You mean? Yeah, like if you could have anyone on the podcast. Uh. Let's see. Um, I would love to have Phil Knight. Wow. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, triple. Did OG. you read the book? Yeah. Yeah. It's I so mean, good. I, and I've been following his career for so long. And, you know, I think that's gettable. Like, I think I could maybe make it work. <laughs> I'm going to Portland. You know, really? Phil. <laughs> I'm going to knock on your door. Oh, man. 
Yeah. I would, I, that would be so, so incredible yeah. if you were to get that. I'd rather, I'd, Has be he honest, been on any podcasts? I don't think so. I'd, I'd rather have we him have, than Michael we Jordan. We have to get you linked up with Phil Knight. I'm, I want to like help. I want to help in okay. any way I can. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, okay, so if you were to sit down with Phil Knight, here's a, this sort of leads to another question I was going to ask you. If you were to sit down with Phil Knight right now and interview him, and this applies to other interviews you've had, um, like, would you be nervous? Would you be, st- you've met some incredible people. Mm-hmm. Is it ever hard sitting across the table from any of these people and interviewing them? Do you ever, do you ever let that, like their accomplishments sort of, I don't no. know. No, no. I've, you, you can be comfortable around, yeah. around any of these and people. And I also like, I freestyle like crazy. Mm-hmm. So I prepare for my interview on my way to the interview. That's my thing. Like in the Uber, I'm like jotting down little questions hmm. and stuff, you know? Um, so I don't really get nervous. The only one I did get nervous for is someone that I recorded recently. Um, and I don't want to mention her name cause I want it to be a surprise when it comes out, but she is, um, a very, 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 maybe the most successful adult actress in the world. Right. And I felt a little nervous for that only because I needed to figure out how to like keep it professional and business of hype without getting too raunchy and there's nothing like it's weird my raunchy i have to understand my level of what is too explicit and what my listeners might think is too explicit and what she thinks is too explicit which is nothing right right so like i have to sort of like balance all of that and i wanted to just keep it entertaining and interesting but not degrading or insult anyone so i wasn't nervous about interviewing her i was nervous about what the listener would feel about this you know do you feel like you accomplished yeah the right, i think you struck the right balance i think so nice yeah but there's a lot of real deal shit in it too. got it <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned soon okay yeah. season three yeah but that was the first one i recorded here oh really oh okay got it yeah yeah got it i you know i I, I, I know it. yeah <laughs> um before you were approached about doing this had you ever i mean besides the talks and the video stuff that you that you had done did you ever think you'd be making a podcast i know you've i know you're a fan of podcasts Mm -hmm. and you've been listening to them i think for a while yeah i think i heard you say that somewhere um but did you ever no before you got asked did ever pop in your head i'm gonna make a podcast here's the problem with podcasting okay i made the video series yep via vimeo as you said some on youtube sorry i love (laughs) sorry vimeo (laughs) i love podcasts but the hurdle to start a podcast is enormous compared to other forms like i had no idea how to even start a podcast like i look at apple Podcasts on my phone and i have no idea how they appear on there you know i I, I know you know started a whole company to solve that problem i mean like when you look at youtube you can picture a kid hitting upload upload drag yep and then type description and then it's live how many people out there right now know how that works for podcasting I'm, I still don't really understand. I spent like eight hours with your dude, John, with, on like the back ends of like the 36th chamber of Libsyn and fucking Feedburner. And I still don't fucking know what he's talking about. He's like in the Matrix. John is in the Matrix. Actually, no, you are in the Matrix. John is just a simulation. Yeah, um, he's Mr. Smith. No, but seriously, it's so hard. And that's why, you know, I don't want to sound like... Um, this is a paid post, but like, no, what you're doing is awesome because it's like, it's simplifying the whole process in a way that like makers like me who are not trying to be like, you know, um, the next owner of the NPR network, like we just can make stuff and put it up. Yeah. You know, no, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, I thought about that when you were talking about the earlier parts of your career, you had these, 
ideas, you had these passions and you just did them, right? Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of people out there right now that probably feel passionately about podcasting and they probably just want to do them. Mm -hmm. But to your point, I think sometimes there are a lot of hurdles in the way that are just like, nope, it's it's not going to be easy. Right. Um, And, you know, we found out through working with you guys that like even Hypebeast Radio was doing a lot of things like not in the most streamlined manner on the back end of like the way it was uploaded, the way analytics were tracked and stuff, you know. And now we have like a great baseline to work off of. But yeah, man. That makes was, me happy. It was like pulling teeth. <laughs> like it was crazy because it's just so convoluted and complicated. And it's funny that like the more complicated mediums like video or like full online digital magazines are easier than yeah. this old school format of radio. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Radio has been around for like a hundred years and it's barely I, changed. I guess it's. It'd be like right now, if you wanted to like press vinyl, it'd be pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> Yourself. Like if you wanted to go out there and make vinyl. I have no idea how to do that. Right. But if you wanted to put up a SoundCloud track, super 10 easy. 10 minutes. Yeah. Less. Right. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So hopefully I, we can, hopefully we can work on that. Yeah. Um, what do you listen to? Um, so podcast wise, I love uh, Reply All. Oh, it's great. Yeah. They Those do a guys great are job. so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 99% Invisible. Who else do I love? Let me see. I'll, I'll bring it up right now. What app do you use, if you don't mind me asking? I uh, I apologize. I'm no. still transitioning. Oh, oh. <laughs> I use Overcast. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I use, use Overcast, Anchor, yeah. too. Oh, you do? No, you no. We, it's, no, I don't, actually. We, so we, um, and I've, I've admitted this freely, like, at Anchor right now, our mission is really on creation and making it super easy for mm-hmm. people to create. I recognize that our listening experience is not as good as it can be yet. And, you know, we plan to improve it down the line, but right now, like we feel like the best thing we can do for people is make it really easy to create. Okay. So I actually listen on Overcast. But you can listen to every you podcast can listen, on Anchor. Uh, no, you can only listen to podcasts Anchor that ones. were created with Anchor in gotcha. Anchor. Yeah. Okay. So that's part of the reason I, right. I also use Overcast. I love Overcast. What is the other one that I really love? It is, uh, oh, The Kitchen Sisters is quite good. What is that? It's on Radiotopia. Okay. Yeah. What What's the premise? Um, They have this thing called The Keepers, which is like, archivist of anything so like Hmm. hip-hop archivist like you know stamp archivist anyone who's a collector and i'm a i'm a collector of a whole bunch of things and i think just learning how other collectors sort of think is really interesting what's the like what's the most extreme thing that you collect that people would be surprised to know about holy cow (laughs) all right the typical things i collect first are like i collect vinyl okay i have like I have a storage facility in New Jersey filled with like 10,000 records. Wow. I have like 10,000. Yeah. Probably 5,000 streetwear t-shirts from like the eighties, nineties and two thousands. I have over 2,500 pairs of sneakers in there now. Okay. (laughs) So like, so basically, you know, I love collecting this stuff, but also I do firmly believe that someday like the Met is going to do a retrospective on street culture. Mm. And I'm going to get the phone call where, like, we need your whole storage unit. Jeff. Yes. You're the guy we've yeah. been looking for. But I have some weird... I'm going to tell you one weird collection okay. that I that I had and I recently got rid of because it was time, you know, I was time for me to get married and everything. So, like, <laughs> I had this thing where I would finish a shampoo bottle. Oh, my God. Okay. And I don't have much hair, right? Like, you could see that. So, one shampoo bottle lasts me, like, a really long time. And I take that shampoo bottle to, like, different countries that I travel to. So, I would take a shampoo bottle and write on the back of it in a Sharpie the start date of when I opened the bottle, 
and then all the countries that I took that shampoo bottle to until the end. And then I would save the empty shampoo oh bottle. And I had like a row of them. Wow. Yeah. And then it wasn't until like... H- how many did you have when you ditched it, if you don't mind me asking? Like 20. Okay. Yeah. All with like sharp, wow. like, you know, really OCD. I don't know. There's something very strange in my brain that like... I, I'm glad I'm not all the way there because there's like there's an artist that I'm a huge fan of named On Kawara. Okay. Um, O-N space k-a-w-a-r-a and what he would do he's famous one of his most famous series is he would take um a blue canvas he would paint it all blue and then he would hand do that day's date on it and then on the back of it he would put the new york times from that day on the back and he did that every day and some of them are like massive like a huge six foot by six foot blue square with the date perfectly lettered on it yeah and then the back is the newspaper and he would do that every day and but he, there was something wrong with him. Huh. You know, he was like autistic or Rain Manish or something was going on. So I have like maybe I'm probably there a little bit, but not to the obsessive point. But like, why would someone for like a decade save empty shampoo bottles? I have no idea. I mean, maybe there's a maybe maybe there's a business opportunity there. I don't know. Maybe someone's <laughs> interested in buying a shampoo bottle yeah. collection. Right. How did we get on this? Oh, we were talking about the the podcast. Yeah. So Kitchen Sisters. Yeah. How yeah. did we go from that to this? You asked me what I collect. Oh, but what do they collect? Or how did it was a show? It's a show about collectors. So oh, every right. episode is okay. like different collectors. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So that's a good um, show. Um, what's a podcast that you wish existed? Either by you, maybe this is the next podcast that you do for Hype Beast, or just somebody else you wish existed. Okay. Um, I don't want to give away the podcast that I'm working on. All right. Which are don't all do that. Really dope. <clears throat> don't do um, that. To be honest, I wish, and this could be a shoot, uh, an offshoot of my show. I wish, even though I could have very candid conversations with people, I wish there was like a confessional creative show, you know, where like a creative sits in a room by himself or herself and just rants, you know, and just yes. complains and bitches and says how much they've been taken advantage of. Like, and, you know, it could be anonymous, maybe, maybe that's the way to make it like, like truly a voice honest. Yeah. Transformer yeah, thing. The, that's interesting. Yeah. It's like, um, you remember on The Real World, they had the confession room? Of course. Which is not a confessional private room because it's like (laughs) there's a camera. But that in audio format, truly confidential, could be so educational and so enlightening. Totally. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, let's do it. Should we do it? (laughs) Yeah. The confessional. I wonder if we should have a room here in the lab where even the hosts don't know the identity of the person they're talking to. Literally, like they're behind like a curtain with the voice. Right. Interesting. Yeah. All right, we should talk about that. All right. Uh, what else? Anything else we we need to tell the audience about business of hype? Or- yeah. Um, the other thing is, I'm tr- I would love to figure out, and I've started noodling on it in my head on what a live business of hype looks hmm. like. You know, so I went to a live um, I went to a live podcast with Radiotopia. Cool. Have you ever been to one of those? I no, I uh I want to go see some of the crooked media ones, but I haven't been yet. They I mean Radiotopia guys do an amazing job. Really? That's um what's the uh 99% invisible guy? Roman Mars. Yeah, Roman yeah. Mars. He he fronts it and he like is the conductor of it all. Hmm. But it's like a mini off-Broadway production the way they do. It. It's not just interview and director chairs on stage. It's like props, right. moving imagery, an orchestra. I've heard my brother, my brother and me do something like that as well, where there's this crazy production, yeah. the McElroy brothers. So, it's, it's, um, I mean, I, I so know you want to do that. For I know they had fight. to build up to it. They right. start simple and then they build up. 
Do you think you could like, let's say you did business of hype live event in New York. Do you think you could sell out a venue? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, look at our guests. Like, That's true. Yeah, it would be. So, oh, you should totally do that. <laughs> it would be so. Yeah. But I want it to be different than just like, here's five people sitting up on right. stage. Like, I mean, I always have a dream of like flipping the talk format completely where it's like instead of stage looking down on audience, it's like speakers sunken down mm. and like everyone it's almost like roman coliseum style right and it's like the audience can fully interact with the guests somehow but i have to figure out logistics around that but i would love to blend the sort of barrier between like speaker and audience remember uh back in the day on mtv unplugged they would have like yes. the artist like right in the middle yep, of the on room. a stool yeah. yeah like that would be cool yeah. for a live event yep cool jeff this has been awesome yeah thank, thank you so you. much and for thank making you the time. for doing this all right all right see you bye Okay, there you have it. My conversation with Jeff Staple. Uh, Jeff is awesome. That, that was great. Um, hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you go and subscribe to Hype Beast Radio so you can go and listen to the business of hype. You can find Hype Beast Radio pretty much everywhere podcasts are heard, uh, not only on hypebeast.com, but also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts and pretty much everywhere. So uh, go check it out. Listen to the business of hype. Uh, he's got a bunch of incredible conversations on there. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Background Noise, the podcast you're listening to right now. Uh, it means a lot. And uh, and if you enjoy it, please leave us a nice rating and review as well. That actually really, really helps. Um, lastly, this podcast was made with Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast ever. You don't need any experience and it is completely free. Get started right now at anchor.fm or search for Anchor in the Google Play Store or the App Store. Thanks again and see you next time on Background Noise. Background Noise.